0: And today we have a really awesome guest for you, Kathy Jang from Phoenix, Arizona. And she and her husband also have two sons and their passion and goal is to educate and enable busy professionals to gain greater control of their time by achieving financial freedom through investing in multifamily real estate. And her portfolio consists of about over 1600 multifamily units Um, And she's also the co-organizer of the Arizona Multifamily Mastermind Group, a 74-member group focused on acquiring managing apartments in Arizona. So Kathy, thank you so much for being on the show today. Welcome. Thank
1: you. I'm glad to be here.
0: So Kathy, can you share a little bit more about your background and how you got started with real estate?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, prior to real estate, I was actually in medical device marketing So love that just because I love to be passionate about what I do. It gives me something to wake up to, right? And just being able to help people. I was in cardiovascular for a while and then nuclear medicine. And then most recently with Invisalign Clearliners. But during that time, my husband and I had been trying to grow our passive income just because we didn't want to grind till we were 65. So, you know, trying to find a a way out, right? And, you know, to make our money work for us. I hear that a lot from a lot of real estate investors. And so, you know, in our spare time in the evenings and on the weekends, we started to really just start investing in real estate, started with this whole single family portfolio and loved it. Absolutely loved it and looked to scale our portfolio. And that's how we got to multifamily.
0: I see. So how did you find multifamily? And then when you found multifamily, why did you decide to switch it from the single family? Because um, now you're primarily focused in multifamily. Why did you decide to switch it and how did it fit better into your lifestyle with multifamily?
1: Yeah. So with single family, when we started our journey and as we were learning, we didn't realize that for traditional loans, you were kept at 10. And so by the time we were at like half a dozen rental homes, we realized that We loved having the passive income, but we couldn't continue to do that if we were capped with 10 loans. And also because of the administrative burden that it was starting to have on us to manage six different roofs, uh, various property management groups, because there were some that were out of state and all of that. And, you know, just the financials of all these different properties and having full-time W-2, it's just time was not something that we had abundance of. And so we started to look more and more into multifamily because we were able to scale quicker with the multifamily. And because multifamily, as a limited partner, you're able to be more passive. And so we were able to not spend as much time and still get great returns at the same time. And so I think that's what really kind of drew me to multifamily. And initially, I was limited partner for a number of them just to understand you know how it works, to learn from other syndicators out there. And so we invested with different syndicators. And after a while, I got comfortable with what it meant to be a syndicator and all of that. And so I kind of jumped into being a joint venture at that point at the
0: time. Got it. And so when you started off as investing as a limited partner, because... Investing as a limited partner, you need to acquire, you need to have capital to be able to do investing in as a limited partner. And so you've done several deals um, as a limited partner. How are you able to build up and to acquire that wealth to be able to participate as a limited partner?
1: Yeah, you know, and I found that a lot of my peers in the Bay Area are in a similar situation from us. So, you know, in the Bay Area, a lot of people are in tech, so they do have. Wealth that they've built up over time. And they're unfortunately just not aware of where to deploy their income or their savings. And a lot of people go IPO in the Bay Area as well. And so we were amongst them where for a while we had a good amount of savings saved up from just our typical W-2 earnings and various investments. And just not really knowing where to put the money and how best to grow it. And, you know, we strongly and still do believe in diversification. So, you know, we play in different areas, stocks, you know, crypto, all of that good stuff, but real estate remains one of our favorites just because of different characteristics of real estate.
0: While you're working your W-2, because now you're a full-time real estate investor, what did that vision for you look like in terms of a lifestyle that you wanted to create by utilizing passive income to help get you to that that choice, that, that lifestyle that you and your family were looking for or hoping to, to be able to achieve?
1: Yeah. So that aspect has been super critical. So my husband and I, we really sat down and just kind of put our heads together about what our vision is as a family. And it certainly was not what, where we were at during that time, which was, you know, we were both W2 workers and very hands-on with our jobs, you know, just always on call, always, you know, with our computers nearby and our phones nearby. And at that point, our kids were newborns, um, you know, and, both of us had quite a commute. I was driving three hours. He was driving probably two and a half hours a day. And then we're trying to get home to our kids before daycare closed and all of that good stuff. And we wanted something better. And so I think that's when our wheels started to turn much more for real estate. And we wanted our passive income to accelerate to a point where I could replace my full W-2 income through passive investments. And it was decided kind of like me first because my husband has a higher wage than I do. He's a little bit older as well. And then I think as a mom, it just kind of blended itself a little bit more to just me being able to take on more of the home things and the kid things as well. And so our plan was for us to cover passive income, my W-2 wages. And at that point, if it did cover my W-2, I would leave my W-2 and then work until we were able to replace his or at least make him work optional. And we're at a place where we finally have him as work optional, which is really great. And so we're you know, thinking things through, but he does really enjoy his work and they've been so good to him. And so he's continued with his W2 while I just kind of continue to wrap up with our real estate journey.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm listening to you talk and I'm just like, wow, your story is so aligned to like myself and my husband's story as well, because we both have that long commute and I totally understand it. We're driving three to four hours on the road every single day in traffic. And by the time you get home, put the kids to get them food, right? Dinner, clean up, put them to bedtime. It's like you have about like an hour or so to spend with them before they go to bed. So you're only seeing your child like a little bit in the morning here, a little bit at nighttime. And these are like the most critical, crucial moments of their lives. You don't want to miss those parts of it. And so the commute time and like not being able to see them and spend that time with them, it's so important for us too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that totally resonates with me. And, you know, it was stressful time. It really was hard. And luckily, I think with now with the flexibility of being a full-time real estate professional, it's allowed me to determine my own schedule. And so I feel like I'm a lot more aligned with my life priorities now. And that's why I so believe in this journey. Like when people reach out, regardless if they want to invest with me or not, I don't care. I want to help them because I think that this can create a lifestyle that really benefits a lot of people, especially families. So like I'm at a point where I'm able to know determine my schedule if my kids have some event happening at school, I'm able to put that block in so that I can go volunteer or whatever it may be. And in the past, for those times I would be so stressed out because my heart would be that I would want to do it so bad, but there's just no possible chance for me to do that. So so thankful for this journey for sure.
0: So when you decided to invest in multifamily and you invested in that first one, how long did it take you afterwards? to start investing in the second one, third ones? And where were you finding all your sponsors to be able to... Because you got to vet them, you got to do your due diligence on them. So how are you finding them? If you can share that with us a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So with... I think the where I started was local meetup groups. And this was pre-COVID, right? And so I look up on meetup.com, see what meetups were around the Bay Area and started attending those pretty regularly until i found a group that we actually created our own meetup essentially and we would underwrite together every week and so that's how i got to know people really well just the consistency of working together and then in terms of syndicators so i started to follow people that were speaking at these meetups as well right and so whether it's through linkedin or just their web pages whether it's through podcasts really started to follow them in their journey to see how they were charting, whether their values lined up with mine, you know, and initially it took me honestly, a really long time. It wasn't something that happened overnight for me. And so my first syndicator was based out of the Bay area. And then the one after was through a referral of someone that I knew and trusted and loved. And that syndicator was out of Texas. And so, you know, for me, Haven't been in single family and been much more hands on. I actually like even for my limited partner um, deals, I would actually fly out to the property, get to know the syndicators, get to walk the property, all of that. Um, Maybe a little bit more hands on than most (laughs) limited partners, Um, but that's what I like to do, and that's what kind of my journey was. And um, you know, I just started to get to know the community more, and as I got to know the community more and more, like doors just started to fly open, and I think. It's a really tight knit community. And so, you know, started to understand what the major conferences are and stuff just kind of started to roll from there.
0: And then, at what point, when you looked at your financial situation after investing in real estate and you determined that now your goals of having your passive income supersede your active income, How did that feeling come around? And when you realized it, what was that kind of like decision at that moment um, when you looked at your finances and you're like, Hey, we've met our goal.
1: Yeah. It's weird. I was actually terrified. I was really scared because I think as with most people, you were raised to have this W-2, right? You like work your butt off, you get your college education and you were told that like you need that W-2 too to be able to have a standard of living and to be able to provide for your family. Consistency. Yeah, right. And so for me, that felt like the safe thing to do. Like now that I think about it, I actually feel like that's probably not the safer thing because someone else regulates what I get paid, how many hours I have to work and all of that good stuff. But when I was in the crux of it and trying to make that decision whether or not to leave the W-2, it was scary. And honestly, I kind of, put my foot in and out at the same time. And so when I left my W-2, the directors asked me if I would take on a consulting role with them. And so I took it. And so I did reduce my hours to less than half of my working hours, but I still was kind of like not letting go of it Mm -hmm. (laughs) for quite a while, actually. And so I was still doing projects with my old team but actually as a contractor, it worked really well. I loved that because, you know, it was great because um I was able to still work with the people that I I love to work with, but also really start ramping on real estate. So it was kind of best of both the worlds for a little bit.
0: <laughs> when did you decide to make that complete move and go into real estate full time?
1: So at that time I was considered full-time real estate professional just from, you know, how it's defined as long as it's more than half of my time. Mm -hmm. So that was, you know, full-time. And then back then I was contracting for and Clear Liners, And so I determined how many hours I would want to work and what projects I wanted to take and all of that. And I just ensured that uh, my real estate work was the, the predominant majority of my hours.
0: We love hosting this show. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Got it. And so then afterwards, you've done a couple of limited partner investments as well. And then now you moved over and did some joint ventures and syndication projects as on yourself. How did that transition look like for you? And do you still continue to invest passively as you're still making active income?
1: Yeah, I absolutely... I still invest passively. So... You know, that's part of my diversification play because when I'm active on projects, I like to focus in on specific metros and build my team there. You know, so right now I live and breathe in Phoenix. And so my main focus is in Phoenix, but I started off in Kansas City. So I still do syndicate out in Kansas City, but my primary like focus has been in Phoenix. And then for everywhere else, I'm a limited partner for typically, But I started off as a joint venture because I think my nature is very conservative. And for me, syndicating was such a big deal that I felt like, I wanted to learn the ropes with my own money, right? And as a joint venture, it was just me and a few partners that pulled our money to purchase the apartment building together. And that's it. So we weren't responsible for limited partners and other investors, but just our own money. And so that's kind of how I learned the ropes. It was a deep renovation project. I was the least experienced of all of them, but you know, I was extremely hands-on. I could put in more hours than anyone else just to learn, and then when i got comfortable and you know got mentors and all of that that was when i went into the syndication realm and you know started to dig in even deeper at that point can
0: you share with us a little bit about the conversation and like just the perspective of people around you as you made that transition out of the comfortable w2 where everybody knows about into a more not so well known space as entrepreneurship as a real estate investor, how did that conversation look like?
1: Yeah, great, <laughs> great <laughs> question because it's not. I mean, unless you're in the multifamily realm, it's not really normal, you know. And I think I was pretty quiet about it uh, for a while, actually, for a long time, and I had been years in passive investments. And so people that knew me well knew that I'd been dabbling and investing and growing my portfolio (laughs) for quite a few years. But, you know, when I left my W-2, I definitely didn't put it on blast. I think part of it was because I didn't know how it was going to go. You know, I'm not one of those confident people that are like, yeah, I know I'm going to (laughs) succeed. Right. And it was kind of like, who knows what this new adventure will bring. And so I kind of just did it pretty quietly, but I'm very, very grateful for the people that kind of started to understand what my journey was, That they were really supportive. I think it's been a really great experience for me because um, unbeknownst to me, like people believed and trusted in me probably more than I do myself. And so when they heard what I was doing, you know, they wanted to get in on it too. And, um, you know, I would kind of bring them through my thought process of like, what, how has this added value to me? You know, not that they have to invest with me, but like, what has this really, how has this changed my lifestyle? How has this really helped my family in the long run? And especially as I talk to other working moms, like they're like, you know what? I want this in my life too. And, you know, like, how do I get started? And so it's become a conversation and, you know, there's different vehicles of reaching financial independence and financial freedom. And, you know, I kind of talk other people through like the different ways to get there. And syndications is just one of their ways. And if it works for them, then fantastic, you know? And it's just a great conversation starter to really help open people's perspectives and, you know, possibilities, really. Yeah.
0: I think it's really like, you know, it's it's about exposure because the more things that you're exposed to, the more that you learn about other things and the possibilities out there and what other people are doing in this space, it just sparks some more ideas within yourself on how it can apply to your own journey, your own life and how you can take that and then run with it and do what you can in order to achieve the goals that you are looking for. So you can create your own lifestyle that you want.
1: Yeah. And talking to people like you and others in this realm has really helped me grow my mindset. Right. And, you know, it's expanded like what I've known for a long time. And You know, I love that a lot of people in this industry view real estate as not the destination, like wealth building isn't the final destination that they're trying to get, but it's more about the impact that they can make to the community, to the people around them. Um, And, you know, real estate is just a vehicle. It's a means of doing that, which really resonates with me. And I just get so inspired when I talk to other people (laughs) in the real estate realm.
0: And so how has real estate impacted your life so far, especially coming from the W2 world now into real estate full-time, being able to spend that time with your family, your kids, how has that impacted your life?
1: Yeah, you know, I feel much more in my own skin. Like I'm able to prioritize what's more important for me, my family, much more so than I was ever able to do so. So that's what made this journey so much more meaningful. You know, I think on a day-to-day level, I just feel more at ease and just kind of more at peace of knowing that, you know, I'm able to lead a meaningful life defined by me and my family. And not so much leading a life that's determined by my boss or whoever else, because certainly I felt like that was the case for a while. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I love my W-2 job, but it was just Very consuming, you know, and it was hard to align my personal priorities with what my W 2 required of me. And so now, like when I want to, you know, spend time where I want to do it, I don't do it hesitantly, you know, and I don't constantly have that to do list running through the back of my head that I had for decades. So it's such a relief to be able to do that at this point in time.
0: So, what are you most excited about now going forward?
1: Yeah. You know, I right now I'm at the precipice of trying to determine, you know, and continue to determine just where I want to take this. Right. And, you know, I'm excited that for the first time, like in the summer, we're able to kind of cross off some bucket list items because we have the flexibility to do so. Like I've had wanted to do an RV trip for I don't know, last 10 years and we're finally doing it type of thing, you know? And um, it's just a little bit easier to do those things these days. And so I'm very excited to be able to, like, you know, do my wish list for once.
0: <laughs> so, where's the first stop on the RV trip?
1: So we are going to be going through all of Utah's national park or the main ones, the Mm -hmm. Magnificent Five, I believe is what they're called. And so we're going to travel up north right into Utah and hit them all up. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that
0: sounds really fun, especially for the kids too. I remember as a kid growing up, we would take road trips also. And so those are the types of memories that you remember, like as you grow older as adults and you're like, oh, I want to spend that. I want to be able to do that with our kids too, you know, as we grow older, because that's where the memory, that's a lot of where the memories are made too.
1: I'm hoping so. I'm hoping they'll enjoy it. Time will tell. But I'm looking, certainly looking forward to it. And right now they're excited about going on an RV. So (laughs) here's hoping.
0: So what is the one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish knew when you first started?
1: You know, I feel like everyone says this, but I wish I started earlier, you know, and it's never too late. That's what I keep telling myself. (laughs) You know, I would have scaled up a lot quicker had I known, but it's always hindsight in hindsight, right? So all I can do is, you know, continue to move forward. And I'm glad that I started when I started. And
0: so then what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing?
1: You know, I think it's absolute persistence because when I started, there were so many people that raised their hands like, I want to do this journey. And, you know, when it came down to grinding things through, people started falling off real quick, especially when, you know, it takes a hundred LOI submissions to get one approved, right? It's not for the faint of heart. And you really need to want this and have a really good why, right? To drive you to get through all of those no's before you hit a yes. And so I think persistence is key for this industry.
0: Yeah, definitely is. And I think nowadays, because it's getting so much more and more competitive, it's taking like two or 300 deal evaluations before you're hitting that one, right? So yes. it's, it's becoming even more and more difficult. But if you have a long term vision ahead of you, you know, the grind, if you're enjoying the journey along the way, it's not so difficult to, to want to do it because now you're just enjoying and like learning along the way. And you're like, oh, okay, well, we're working towards these steps to get to where we think we can get to.
1: Yeah. Whenever it's ever, it's working towards your dream. Like you just run hard and do whatever it takes. And, you know, it's great to see the passion in the people here because it takes so much persistence, I guess. And um, you'll see so many passionate people, which has been terrific. <laughs>
0: So Kathy, for our listeners out there who are also interested in learning more about you and what you're doing in this space, where's the best place that they can go?
1: Absolutely. If you could go to my website, diamondpointhomes.com, you'll have all my contact, all my socials and a lot of articles too, if you want to dig in. <laughs>
0: awesome. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for coming on the show and um, sharing all that stuff with us. I, I so appreciate whenever I see another mom like working so hard to achieve her dreams and be able to be there for her family and her kids, and showing their kids at least exposing to them a lifestyle that they're able to maybe one day do for themselves if they so choose to. Um, I just think it's fantastic and inspirational. So I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much, and thank you for your time, and thank you for listening to our podcast today. Brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Sayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.